What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lyndon Burton. Lyndon, how are you doing this week? Doing well, man. Halloween week, or what did I what did I call on on uh on um Twitter? I said Scaretober because I didn't want to say Spooktober. I didn't want to say Spooktober because that could be seen as a racial slur in some form. So I just went with Scaretober. Continues. We dropped the scream, run it back. We did Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. We did Phantom. We No, we didn't do Phantom and Megaplex. We're going to do that next Sunday. But, we did uh, Halloween Town. We did Halloween Town this week, doing Conjuring on this show. Super excited to talk about that. Plus, we got Heels finale. Oh, and we also got to tell them about this update for Bros Who Bingers, Bingers fans. The release date of Bros Who Binge is switching from Thursdays to Mondays. So... This show, you'll get this show uh, tomorrow or Thursday when you're hearing this, but then we're going to double back and drop another episode on Monday, but that episode will be small. It'll just be whatever horror movie Schubert and I decide to review, Phantom of the Megaplex, uh, the both parts of Long Halloween review, Vision. Visions, yeah, and Visions. And, Maybe- um, and just and a few stories to throw in between because we all know that some things will come up. Did you finish Titans? I mean, I can finish it by Sunday. Yeah, we'll talk about that as well. And that'll be the uh, thing. And then after that, we'll be back normal show with news and everything. We just want to get back on schedule because the Bros Who Think podcast and Bros Who Binge are switching dates. So this show will be every Monday. So you get a full week of news the weekend and start fresh on Monday. Also, October 24th. That's coming up. That's next week, damn near. Pitch it is gonna be back ladies and gentlemen next sunday going down pitch it well not this upcoming sunday but the following it's going down uh peter mcginn taking on dan exclaims 7 p.m central ian hawley myself hosting schubert's hosting the next one and whoever wins is going down for the championship it, or or they might have to play another match. Schubert and, Schubert and the and the rest of the committee have to discuss, depending on how well they play. If they earn their, if they if whoever wins wins in a good match, convincingly they'll get a belt shot. If it's close, may have to do another match. But you know, this is all before the end of the season tournament, October twenty fourth, going down. But doing well, Shuby. Yeah, and we're gonna have to come up with some new questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, getting all these scary movies in, maybe we'll get some. Uh, Halloween themed <laughs> questions into the mix. Um, but yeah, man, we got some really cool stuff to talk about. You know, it's really fun that we did the Scream review on Running Back and now the Scream trailer drops. So I'm glad it, it, it just worked out that way that it didn't drop for the better. We dropped it right when the Scream trailer came. It felt yeah. cool reviewing that and then watching the Scream trailer, seeing the new cast of people. Don't like old boy from 13 Reasons Why, giving me very well, much so shaggy. Vi- he gives me Billy and other boy vibes. Yeah, he's either the killer or he's going to die. Yeah. He, die, so. he looks like a killer, but I don't know if they're going to repeat the same steps, but I do like how they were like, you got to follow the rules, the meta-ness of the trip, but we'll talk about the trailer in a bit. When they reference that it is within the camp, like, I feel like what's, oh, we'll talk about it. Yeah, but we'll um. Yeah, so without any further ado, let's get started. You know, we're going to talk about Visions in full in the next episode, but my favorite Visions episode was the Ninth Jedi, and Ninth Jedi director Kenji Kamaya 
says that his episode was actually a pilot episode and he would like to expand his story into a full length feature feature with his story taking place after the rise of Skywalker. Now, I don't know if this would be something that Star Wars and Disney and Lucasfilm would be able to get behind or maybe, or maybe it's just going to be something that he ends up doing in Japan. Mm -hmm. He or she, I'm not kind of sure who that is, but Oh, Kenji, I would be uh, uh, Kamiya. I'm sure that's yeah. a he, because I'm I'm yeah. assuming that it, they did it American style and put and Kamiya is not his first name and Kamiya is his last name. I'm assuming that Kenji's his first. Yeah, that's a he. But that was my favorite visions uh, vision story. And when I watched it, I was like, man, like this really gave me something where I would like to dive more in depth into this tale. And so I'd be really excited to see if they went forward with this, if it was something that they did in America and, you know, or if it's something that I would have to watch sub from Japan, I would be 100% into watching it. Yeah, the Ninth Jedi was cool. And like, I like the design of the character. I like just the feel of it. I don't know if I'll say that's my favorite. We'll debate that on the Visions Talk next week. But look. I would love to like see this continue, and you know what? Let's let's save the, what because I, I I I'm I got some ideas to pitch to you when we talk about visions because there's certain ones yeah, that but, I want to see continue. But I definitely was not surprised to see this story because when I did watch this episode, the lore that was built around this episode seemed like it needed to be expanded on. There's four, more so than some of the other ones. There's nine episodes total. I like all nine, but there's four that I can see continuing on. Four, maybe five. This was one of them. Yeah, there's some that I think are questionable, but this was definitely one that I think can move on. For sure. Um, but moving into our next story, Ugh. this is kind of a huge story. It's uh, huge, none. but I, I'll wait. Well, we it's did. huge because of uh, Adam Warlock yeah. being cast. It's huge for the MCU because that's a major character for what we assume is going to be this new phase. And so uh, James Gunn ended up casting Will Poulter to be Adam Warlock in the new Guardians of Galaxy. Did he or did Galaxy Kevin movie? Feige cast him and just James Gunn signed off on it? I really feel like Gunn's way, just I mean, all DC and because he didn't seem hype about that. Every time Gunn usually tweets about his movies, he was hype. He just no emojis, no nothing. Maybe I'm looking too deep in it. Probably am. But I just don't like Will Poulter's Adam Warlock. The Discord was trying to say I was I was wrong about that. Shout out to our guys Tyler and Jay in the Discord. Rock with y'all. Shout out to the entire Discord, Lostastic. And if you want to join the community, link in the description. Shout out Domo. Shout out to the whole Discord. But uh, I mean, yeah, I just don't like Will Poulter as a super dude. Doesn't look like a superhero. Dude looks like well, a villain. You know, putting him into Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three with Chris Pratt and Chris yeah. Hemsworth, he's automatically. Number three. The ugly yeah, guy. I, and Adam Warlock's supposed to be the perfect specimen of man. Exactly. Will Poulter so does like, not look like the perfect specimen of man. Well, and he also doesn't make me think that he's better than Star-Lord or Thor. You know, he should like, lead. Like, where's Nova? I want Sam. You know from our Spider-Man show that we like with, uh, with, uh, with yeah. uh, Redacted Man from that Josh Peck show. But... Sam is a great Nova. I would love him to come in and lead the Guardians. It better not be fucking Will Poulter. I hope I hope they go with instead of Adam Warlock joining the Guardians. I hope he's a villain. Just let him be a villain. He would work as a villain, Will Poulter. He would. Yeah, he would. Let him be a villain. Yeah. 
So, you know, so we'll, see, we'll see, but it was kind of a, I was really stunned when I saw the casting. I was, I was like, this is I, an interesting choice. I thought <laughs> okay. that was bullshit. I thought they were lying. I was like, uh, uh, I see James Gunn is checked out because I'm so in on Peacemaker. I heard some stuff about what, well, what Peacemaker is going to be about because people were, some of the fandom stuff leaked and it's like, oh shit, Judo Master is going to be in peacemaker one of batman's villains one of the suicide squads gonna be in peacemaker probably idris elba with vigilante nah bro nah, nah. and you know i think you know this could be the start of interesting castings within the mcu it's I, i'm wondering now within the acting community like what being in the mcu means mm. for some of those people you know especially some- after martin scorsese's comments and wh- I might as well say it about Chalamet and I get it because we're going to do a Chalamet story. But Chalamet said one of his favorite actors, heroes, he wouldn't say who it was, advised him no hard drugs and no superheroes. But dude can go be Willy Wonka and in Dune. But that's not. But superheroes are lowbrow. But a Wonka origin reboot isn't lowbrow. After what well, I'm not Depp even did. saying that like superheroes are lowbrow because I feel like you know some of these you know look at who was cast in the Batman. True, Paul and look Zana, at Joker too. Colin yeah. Farrell, you know, Joaquin Phoenix played the Joker. I'm I'm starting to say like I think that the MCU is trying to maybe getting some kind of stain mm. with the acting community is like oh, okay, well you know I don't want to be done like what Scarlett had to go through. Yeah, and I don't want to have to be six movies like Robert or be like Benedict Cumberbatch and can't make my indie movies. And maybe, maybe that's why you go tap a Chloe Zhao and make a a DC-looking movie that's free. You get a bunch of actors who you never expect. And honestly, I think a lot of those actors are going to die. I don't see... It's all of them coming back. There's no way they can afford all of them for seven movies as they continue to grow in star power. I just don't see that. And so I'm thinking some of them are going to die. Some of them are going to live, but it makes sense. You go get an acting guy, someone who has acting chops like Will Poulter. Cause if you're going to compete with DC, DC just got Colin Farrell, Paul Dano, but like you said, Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz. And if that Batman movie is good, everybody's going to want to go jump and be in the Batman universe. Peacemaker was good. People want to work with James Gunn in DC. Suicide Squad, yeah. Suicide Squad was good. And if the Batman's good, if if The Rock's Black Adam is good, watch out. Because I don't know if I want to go be in a Marvel film that's suited more so for kids that I'm going to have to be in six movies where I can go do some real acting chops, maybe have an R-rated superhero movie with DC. Yeah, I think you know what you're saying with Chloe Zhao is gonna be important. Like, who, it is. Gonna, who are you gonna, who are you gonna get to direct Blade? Who, you know, mm-hmm. who are you gonna get to to direct more of the movies down the line? And then you know, you're kind of like really deeping into your bag and comic kind of like, like we're you know when we're getting the Jane Foster Thor and we're getting mm-hmm. you know, are we gonna get darker also- stuff? Like you're giving us Blade. Are you gonna give? a section of Marvel that is for the older people, the Midnight Suns, the Marvel Knights, that Daredevil, Punisher, Blade, Supernatural, Doctor Strange element. Are you going to make that a little darker or is everything going to still be bright colored palettes? Like, well, yay. and then like the other thing is, is like, you think you're running out of actors even to, to pull mm-hmm. from. It's like, so like, you know, I'm trying to think in my head who you could get for Adam Warlock that fits the bill of what we're saying that Adam Warlock should be. And I'm like, well, I don't think Zac Efron wanted to do it. Well, it's like a lot of them have either been in a DC movie or they've already been cast in Marvel movies. Or they don't want to do and like, it. Or they don't want to do it. Or they may not be good enough to do it. That too. So it's just... 
Yeah, so it's just hard. I think it's going to get harder and harder for the MCU to cast. But I do think Jonathan Majors and Chloe Zhao and Will Poulter and Mahershala Ali as Blade are four four parts that's going to lift this up tremendous. Because I hear Jonathan Majors is great, and and I I hear they let him act as asshole. Things that they've done prior to this. I'm saying like this could be the crux of Mm -hmm. like if he casts things moving forward because like who is left? Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but let's go ahead and get into the trailers. So start off with this little Animaniacs blurb that I found today. There was two little things. The first one is like Yakko watching a screen, like anticipating season two. And then they announced that it's going to be November 5th, the season mm-hmm. two will premiere. And then the other little clip was like one of their opening bits. And it's like, we're 80s cats, we're 80s cats. And it's them like <laughs> doing a Thundercats parody. Okay. So, you know, Animaniacs coming back. I think, you know, they've done a really good job of social commentary in the new age, and I'm excited to see what they have next. Okay, I'm with it. Um, but let's talk about some of the, the other trailers. Let's go with Home Alone first. The new Home Alone movie on Disney+. Plus. Do we need it? Probably not. Do I think it's going to be a massive success? Probably. Am I super pumped to watch it? No. <laughs> I just didn't feel like they needed to reboot Home Alone the exact same way with the first as the first one. So, but it's not for us. Like you said, it's for a new generation. I'm not going to watch it. I hope kids can connect. With I'm probably going to watch it. I don't really care. It's not really something I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got to watch this. I'm going to watch I mean, the like, OG you know, if I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I've, I'm a Disney Plus supporter in a sense. You where are. I feel like the, they're, the production that they're putting into the things that they're doing is sound. So I think it's going to be well done. And they, you know, they got the little kid from Jojo Rabbit, who I think mm-hmm. is phenomenal. You know, you get Ellie Kemper and you get some good comedic actors in it. I think it's going to be cute. I think it's going to be fun. You bring but back like, one of the McAllisters. Yeah, but it was just like, whatever, Home Alone. Mm-hmm. I agree. But I'm sure it's going to be a big success this, this Christmas. Probably so. Uh, you know, Apple Plus has been doing some really great things. They have a new series coming out now, Strength Next Door. We've talked about a little teaser before, but they put out a full, almost three-minute trailer Mm -hmm. this time. Uh, Paul Rudd playing the shrink, Will Ferrell playing the person that sees the client. Yeah. And And then Catherine Hahn is the sister. And it's looking like it's going to be the shrink versus Catherine Hahn. Who does Will choose? Like the shrink has made his life better, but now the shrink's going crazy. If it gets more into that thriller, wow, the shrink's doing crazy shit bag. I'm gonna be more interested if it's just like some family drama shit where he has to choose and there's no real stakes behind the shrink's craziness. Then I'm gonna I'm still watch it, but I won't be as hype. You get what I'm saying? Like they, they well, could yeah. they could make Paul Rudd go crazy and want to do some crimey shit. I don't think it's going to be very crimey or like murdery or anything. Yeah, like that, I don't but feel I think that like either. It's going to be Paul Rudd like really encroaching himself into Will Ferrell's life and like trying to make decisions, completely controlling it. Like, well, he slapped wanted, him with a paintbrush, so like you know. Well, like I'm almost thinking like he's really going to like take over this dude's business. Mm-hmm. He's going to like start stealing you know, from him. See, that's crime. I'm maybe a, you steal don't have from to, him. You don't have to do murder. I'm okay if he's stealing from him and you know fucking up his business. I don't even think fucking I was just I just think like, you know, he's just going to try and control every aspect mm. of this dude's life. OK. And like he already he talks about early on how he's, you know, not he's not following the rules and stuff like mm. that. And I feel like, yeah. And this is based on a true story. So I think it is. 
It kind of reminds me of that Hulu show with uh, what's that girl's name from Kissing Booth Three, where she was the the woman who faked um, being a paraplegic, but and she wasn't. Joey King. Uh, Yeah, Joey King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. About yeah, her mom or yeah, kind of that type of controlling. I could see the shrimp doing some shit like that. Maybe not that drastic, but controlling his life, like you said, and the sister's gonna Catherine Hahn's gonna be fighting for it. I'll, I'll give it the three episode watch because Apple TV starting to garner that respect for me. The well, especially three after watch. It, you know all the success that Ted Lasso picked up at the Emmys, and I think even the Emmys before didn't good. Uh, the, yeah, it's, it, the it, morning it, show it, get a little bunch of uh, nominations and stuff. And like that. Ted Lasso did too. The only thing that beat it was Shit's Creek, and I'm loving season one. I'm almost done too. Shit's Creek. No, 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 no. Ted, Ted Lasso. Lasso. Ted Lasso. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. saying it was nominated against Shit's Creek. Uh, nominated against Shit's Creek. Season one was it lost. But season two yeah. dominated. But I'm saying I'm on season one, almost done. Well, you know, season two just ended and it's uh, fantastic. So. And let me tell you out there, HBO fans, Succession's coming up season three. I'm going to do a segment on this show, every set show, where I give my Succession thoughts for five minutes. Hopefully Schubert will catch up by watching it. I doubt he will. But I'm going to give my Succession thoughts for five minutes because the war is coming between the family. That's a great fucking show. You would love it. Fucking dude, the dude, uh, the tall dude is hilarious. Greg is a fucking a clown. You have Kieran Culkin. The cast is great. Success. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I keep hearing good things about it. Not to get around to it. You need but, to. Um, the next two trailers we got are both horror in a sense. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about Scream last. So let's talk about Black Phone. Wow. Black I thought Phone. this was better than the Scream trailer. <laughs> this trailer was great. Yeah, Black Phone stars Ethan Hawke as like this psycho magician killer who like abducts children. Magician and killer. What a terrible. That's what he says. He says, yeah, I'm he a did, magician. He did. He did. He was like, let me show you a trick to get him in his van. Yeah. Kids got to stop doing that. Like, I don't want to see no tricks, no kids. Oh, and like, and they had known that there was a dude out there that was abducting people. So, like, with a double idiot. Yeah. Um, but the, the guy, the kid who gets abducted has a sister who's starting to see like visions of where he might be and stuff like that. And the other and then supernatural the phone. elements is that there's a phone in the room that he's being kept in. And he, every time the phone rings, it answers another kid that was abducted and killed. Was a victim. That gives him another piece of information to help that him get did. out. Like there's like someone who shows him a rope that they can get to the window. There was the another girl. for the lock. That has a combination for the lock. And there's another kid who's like, I'm gonna teach you how to fight. Yeah, because you're gonna have that to, was crazy. You're gonna have to step up for yourself and beat his ass to escape. And it basically it's every victim's experience because they say he's the last victim and they're getting him out. It kind of feels like my hero, how Deku's collecting all of the quirks to beat one for all. <laughs> like all the past experiences are coming together. Like when I saw that dude with the phone teach him how to fight, like you said, that was crazy. So I was like. They're all teaching him, getting him ready to beat Ethan Hawke. That's why it doesn't feel like a horror movie. It kind of feels like a thriller action movie with some horror themes. But I like it. And Ethan Hawke played that magician crazy man. Perfect. Gave me Joker vibes. Yeah. Like, I loved it. This trailer's great. Yeah, I mean, he's he seems scary. The concept seems really interesting. You know, I want to know more about his little sister. Yeah, that's the part. Like, I get the phone. I love everything with the phone, the kid, his vestiges learning how to beat Ethan Hawke. But what's going on with the sister and the cops? The sister and the cops, yeah, seem she's like, like, they seem like they're on a different mission and the cops seem like they're idiots. They're not listening to the sister. Yeah. Well, because you probably think she's crazy. But mm-hmm. this this was something that I saw. I was like, okay, well, Ethan Hawke's going to be doing this movie. 
that's supposed to be scary. And I watched the trailer, not thinking anything of it, and I was blown away. I was like, yeah, I, I was too. This movie, I was so shocked. Bad. But even everything Ethan Hawke's done recently, from the um, abolitionist show where he's killing slave owners on Showtime, to this, we might be in a Hawkesons. He's about to be in a. Uh, he's about to be in Moon Knight with Oscar Isaac. Well, you know, I think that he's definitely hitting his stride right mm-hmm. now with a movie like this. I think this is going to be big time. Yep. Um, you know, it's, and it's going to be like I don't know if it's going to like break box offices or something like that, but we're going to be. You know, I'm pretty. I, I'm pretty sure that I saw like early reviews of this, and they're like eight stars, nine stars. I could see it having like a purge, quiet place, don't breathe Better. type of word of mouth, ready or not type of word of mouth. Quiet place, maybe, but like every every other movie you name is, I think, gonna be better. Than oh, for sure, I agree with that. I'm just saying the type of word of mouth that those horror films got to where they made a lot of money at the box office for yeah. that type of movie. A trailer like this is a good way to start, and it's got mm-hmm. until February to build up on that momentum. So, we'll and I see. think it's gonna be better than Scream. It's coming out in February, which is like the draws. It's gonna of be movies. after Scream, pretty much. Yeah, because like, be like you know, Scream oh, is saying, the beginning movies of from January. January. Movies from January to February are like ooh, iffy movies, and I feel like this will capitalize on being in iffy movie territory. Um. Well, let's move into Scream, who's also in that iffy movie. It is slot in January. Um, but this looked like it's going to be it very good. similar to the the reboots of Halloween, except that they in the trailer they do recognize all four films. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that this is just another continuation. Glad that they didn't put a, a number on it because I feel like rebooting them without the numbers now kind of makes them feel a little bit more fresh. And now we can do new, new screams with the new kid. We could go scream 2.0. We could do that. They should put 0.0 in it or 2.1 and then scream 3.1. Something like that. They could do yeah, it. You they want. Your three main staples, but you know, yeah. they added in a really. Well, I mean, I want to they added a bunch of new players into the game that I think are going to be successful. Jack Quaid. Yeah, I like. I saw him in there. I was like, Jack Wade, are you? Aren't you too good of an actor to be in this movie? But I was like, oh, you're a TV guy. Point. You screen, you know, and look at the first cast of Screen. Yeah, those really jumped off a lot of younger people's careers. Matthew so Lillard. I think a lot of people are looking to do this in the same way. You know, with Jack Wade, you know, Dylan Minnette, uh, mm-hmm. Jenna Ortega plays, I believe, with the Drew Barrymore role. What it seems like in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this could be really big for this new group of younger actors. And then you get Courtney Cox, Neve, and Arquette coming back, like you said. I'm trying to see the famous people. So yeah, we got Jack Quaid, Dylan Minnette from 13 Reasons Why. I think those are the only people I recognize. Oh, Kyle Gallner, I recognize as well. But other than that, I think that might be it. I know you know Jenna Ortega. I don't know any of the yeah, other So do you. you. You watched you. Oh, yeah. Okay. True. I know Jenna Ortega, too. So I know Jenna Ortega, Dylan Minnette, and Jack Quaid. Ooh, I hope Jack Quaid and Dylan Minnette aren't the killers. It seems like they might be. Maybe. Um, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm I'm glad that it didn't give away too much because that's part of the, the greatness the screen, of Scream. Yeah. Is the, and I do the love how they were using the, the texting in the phone and he was mm. hacking the phone to unlock the doors. That's why it's got to be one of the kids because they're tech savvy, smart. Sure. Like It seems like they're sticking true with the stuff. And I do like the meta-ness of it, how David Arquette was like, we've been through this. You have to follow these rules because if not, 
you're going to die. And they start giving off the rules that Jamie Kennedy gave, plus some more that they picked up. I dug that. Um, I dug that Courtney Cox was like, I'm ready for this, but can you ever be? And then Neve Campbell was like, yeah, we're here. I'm Sydney. I wouldn't be surprised at this time. They, they, they die. One of the main. Ones. If they do, they're killing maybe. Dewey. Get him out of here. I was, I was going to say Courtney Cox. I, I, would, I would think that maybe they kill Courtney Cox. Cause like, it's just hard to kill Sydney because Sydney lives in every single one. You can't kill maybe her. Maybe like, that would be the big reveal, but like, see, I just feel like Dewey looks, he looked like Logan in this. He looked beaten down. He just looked tired. Like, get him out of here. We'll see. I, you know, I think like, you know, Scream 4 at least tried to bring it into a newer age, but it's still in its essence was a sequel film. Yeah. Where I feel like this, just like the Halloween that just happened, and, you know, we got the new one coming this week. But I hope Jack Quaid's a deputy cop. Like, we didn't see him in I school. See, I didn't see him in uniform. Yeah, but we didn't see him in school, and we, he was around Arquette. So he, he just seems too old to be with Dylan Minnette in class. Jack Quaid was just on the boys having sex and killing robots and killing superheroes. I mean, I don't really think that he's going to play a kid either. Might be a teacher. He could be a teacher. Yeah, I even want him to be a teacher or a cop or maybe the principal, but he still looks too young for the principal. Like, you know, he could be Dewey's son. I would be okay with that. That's what I'm saying. Let him be like Dewey's son trying to live in his father's footsteps, solving crimes and whatnot. I'd be okay with that. Well, I'm excited for it. It comes out in, in January, so we got two horror, horror-ish films to look out for. I would even hey, funny enough, so. Animaniac season two was on this. A bunch of reboot it, reuse it, retool it, and redo it from Home Alone <laughs> to Scream to this next story right here, which I don't think is necessary. So Netflix has ordered that '90s show, a spinoff of the hit Fox sitcom that '70s show. Kurtwood Smith and Deb Deborah Joe Rupp, who played Red and Kitty Foreman in the original series, are set to return. Duh, they want that money. <laughs> uh, Netflix has ordered ten episodes of that '90s show, which will be a multicam sitcom, just like the original. Um, in the new series, it's 1995, and Leia Foreman, daughter of Eric and Donna, is visiting her grandparents for the summer, where she bonds with the new generation of Point Place, Wisconsin kids. Under the watchful eye of Kitty and the stern glare of Red. Original series creators Bonnie Turner and Terry Turner and their daughter Lindsay Turner are on board to write and executive produce with that 70s show alum Greg Mettler also writing in addition to serving as executive producer and showrunner. Didn't we see Girl Meets World doesn't work? Girl Meets World lasted two seasons. It did. And it, but, and it did not but, have But by the second season... But by the second season, it was let's bring in Boy Meets World cast so people watch. Sean, hey, here's uh, Vanessa. Here's Eric. Here's Minkus. We can bring in Maitland Ward because she's a porn star. But, you mm. know, we would have <laughs> brought her in. <laughs> yeah, I mean. We can't bring in Hyde because he's a, he's a racist in this show. No, no, Hyde's not but a he's racist. A, he's also Hyde, on. Hyde got he's me also on Netflix. Uh, payroll, so I wouldn't be too surprised to be jumping. Bro, Hyde's going to jail. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah, Hyde's not in this. But Ashton Kutcher's definitely going to be in this. Is it her? You think him and Mila's going to do it? I don't think Mila's going to do it. But mm. she, at the end of that seventy show, he and Mila weren't together. Mm. So she and Bill and Wilmer could go and be off doing something. I don't think Wilmer would come back for this. Um, but I think why Ashton he need Kutcher to check would. too. 
I mean, he might need the check, but I mean, like, I just don't think that like he wants to be tied to, to that. Mm, and but I could see, I could see definitely Topher Gr- if not Topher Grace, one hundred percent Donna because she's on Netflix's payroll for sure. Yeah. So it's gonna be interesting. So, I just don't want it to like. I just that '70s show meant a lot to a lot of people. That '90s show could be cool. You just need the right cast, and you got to keep well, some of the elements. I, of the, sm- the smoke. I show. like that it's pretty much the same people who did the show prior. True, and like that was the thing that happened with Girl Meets World as well. Uh, was that they did, and you know, even with iCarly now too. You know, they still I think iCarly works more than Girl Meets World. Oh, I disagree. Ooh, I iCarly didn't feel like the original at all. It felt like just a cheap retelling of something. And and the people who were involved with it couldn't act. So <laughs> that's fair. I Girl Meets World to me just felt like, hey, we want to get the new generation. But also here, old generation, you watch because here's Corey and Topanga. Well, it was what the issue with Girl Meets World is that it was they made the cast around like the new group of characters. And, it, you know, you can say it was successful. They put a lot of the people who pulled out of Girl Meets World became something. True. But uh, what was successful about Girl Meets World was what they did to try and build in the older audience. Because at that point, they had already phased out of Disney Channel altogether. But they brought in those older characters in order to like make you care about wanting to watch this. But the difference I feel like between Girl Meets World and this, that 70s show is the place that it's on true you know what made boy meets world originally very good is that it was on abc and it had a little bit more leeway to like get into some and that was my thing with girl meets world it felt too cheesy too it was it was a disney channel show and like they tried to bring in the uh, the older people in order to give you something with a little bit more meat but it just didn't but with this it's a netflix show the only thing that i'm curious about is like that 70s show played big into the themes of the 70s will this play into the themes of the 90s it's going to have to. And what are those themes going to be? I don't really think you can do the same pot circle. You could do, really you could. It'd just be. It, it, but that that to me. Is a 70s trope. Is a 70s trope and stays tr- more true in that show. Where I feel like they would have to do something else. Well, they, so they got to do it. Because I mean, it's 90s grunge grunge is in hip-hop is in that's a lot of weed smoke that's a lot of uh drug usage i mean shit it's it i expect a bunch of either grunge kurt cobain nirvana seattle stuff or a bunch of hip-hop because that's what the 90s was it's rap in this in, wisconsin but see i feel like those people the were grunge trying, makes sense i feel like they're gonna pull from both of them i feel like red and kitty is gonna be like those old school grandparents while the kids trying to rebel i could see it being that I don't know. It's going to be interesting because the 90s gives you a very specific look in window. And like you said, they are in Wisconsin. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it, I think it could, could work out really well if done correctly. Like we don't know who's going to be cast as the young kids yet. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's going to have a big role in it. But I think, you know, having uh, Kurt Wood Smith and Deborah Joe Rupp is playing these grandparent roles. I think that's going to work fine. You know, I am. I don't think that you have to have a lot of Laura Prepon and Topher Grace in it no. at all. And I don't think Ashton Kutcher is going to play a big enough role that he's going to recur too much. Um, so I don't really think there's going to be too much spillover. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought in Donna's parent, or at least her dad. Yeah. Uh, 
I could see that. I could see that. I just want to see, you know, some of the OGs return. That's all. If, if they brought in Tommy Chong, that'd be epic. Yeah, that would be. As like the record store, the, the he's now a record same, store. Same owner. guy. Yeah, same. Literally guy. the same guy. Yep. But next up, we got. I I talked about Timothy Chalamet earlier. Timothy Chalamet gave us the first look of his upcoming film Wonka, taking a social media to share an image of himself in costumed as the beloved chocolatier. Also hitting social media was a behind the scenes footage, a behind the scenes video of him singing and riding on something CGI, which I assume will be his truck. How did you feel about this? I just feel Timothy a little hypocritical to come at superheroes when you're playing Willy Wonka. I got a lot of love for you, Timothy, but you're playing Willy Wonka and you're a Dune character. That's not necessarily highbrow. Leonardo DiCaprio never did that. Denzel never did that. So if you're trying to be those dudes, what you doing? And Robert Pattinson's highbrow. He's playing the Batman. Jonathan Majors is highbrow. He's playing a superhero. So what really, what really is going on there, Timothy? I take offense to that. And I like you as an actor. And giant depths and all sorts of stuff in Hollywood. True. That's what I'm like. I don't know. But I'm ex- I, I guess I'm excited for this Wonka. I just want him to be more like Gene Wilder than Johnny Depp. It seems like that's the case based on the, the images I've seen and him being more musical. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like it's going to be the Gene Wilder Wonka more so than anything else. Yeah, I hope so. I, I, th- I thought it, it looked fine. Yeah, I he looks great. Really anything. I mean, I just think it's all right. He just looks like a, look a a young Wonka that's a little poor. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm with it. But next yeah. up, we got AMC is officially greenlit the episodic anthology t- series Tales of the Walking Dead. Oh my gosh! The show's six episode first series is slated to debut on AMC and AMC Plus in 2022 of summer. Each one episode, each one hour episode is set within the world of The Walking Dead. Will feature both new and existing characters. Channing Powell, who has worked as the writer and producer on both The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead, is a showrunner. Why? 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 Give me new gangs of London. Give me other shit. You have AMC Plus. No one wants this. The Walking Dead has not been good since before Negan, before the Governor. The first three seasons. After that, trash. Well, my thing about this story is it's too late. Mm-hmm. If you, if instead of Fear the Walking Dead, you would have just came out with this. It would have worked. It would have worked because like, this is exactly what you needed to do. You needed yep. to tell the story within the world of the Walking Dead, but not something that is so tied story-based. Yeah. And, like, and then they're bringing back old characters. Like it's, it feels like, like you said, it's too, too many, two years too late. Are you going to bring back Stevie Winter? Are you going to bring back Norman Reedus? Like who are you bringing back? Like what existing characters? I think they are. Stevie Wynn better but, not do this. He's better than this shit now. So, you know, I think that this is smart for other franchises to do. Just don't wait as long as Walking Dead did. Because mm-hmm. like, you know, if you know, even like let's just take like Star Wars for example. If Star Wars wanted to do its own live action visions anthology series, yeah, I'd be with like, it. Like they just told little stories in one hour of different characters based in whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that would make a lot of sense. You know, you, you know, there are a lot of franchises that could really do what they're trying to do here. It's just too late. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. All right, so next up, we got J.D. Pardo has joined Robert Rodriguez action thriller Hypnotic with Ben Affleck, Elise Braga, 
Dio O'Kinney, William Fickner, and Holla Finley. Currently filming in Texas, Hypnotic follows a detective, Affleck, who becomes entangled in a mystery involving his missing daughter, Finley, in a secret government program while investigating a string of high, of impossible high in crimes. I like this for Ben Affleck. I like this. I do. Yeah, this is a, a solid film for Ben Affleck to get attached to, especially with Robert Rodriguez being mm-hmm. the guy helming this. As long as he doesn't pull a Jake Gyllenhaal and is just being a detective from the call site of 911. <laughs> It looks nah, like he's, he's actually going to be out there doing things. Yeah, no, he will. That was that was just me making a guilty joke. But this is, him, this is his true detective. Yeah, I'm I'm with it. He's he's making a comeback, and we saw him be can do, be well in mysteries as the villain in Gone Girl. So now let's see him be the the I don't want to say hero, but like Chinatown, how Jack Nicholson was this grimy private eye, like you said, true detective Matthew McConaughey was this grimy detective. I can see Ben Affleck being this grimy detective, this battered, beaten down guy. But next up, we got Paramount said Monday that it has acquired worldwide distribution rights to The Infernal Machine, a psychological drama thriller written and directed by Andrew Hunt and starring Guy Pierce. Let's go. Pierce plays Bruce Cogburn, a reclusive and controversial author who's drawn out of hiding by an obsessive fan. What ensues is a labyrinthian and excuse me, in treacherous game, creating a web of lies, manipulation that ultimately reveals the true meaning of the infernal machine. Alice Eve, Alex Pfeiffer, or Petfer, and Jeremy Davies also star. You know, this could be cool. I haven't seen Alex Pettifer in anything in a long time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Guy Pierce. You know, I guess he's obsessed with playing authors right now. He's hit or um, miss. This could Hopefully be really interesting. I just watched the Fincher movie with Sean Penn and Michael Douglas called The Game. Oh, The Game. Did you it's like it? Of, it's all right. It's all right. It's not It's not one of Fincher's best, but it's not bad. Like, if another director no. did it, it's one of his best movies. Maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, it, the twi- it, it got me. The twist got me. So yeah. That's always good. Uh, but this kind of gives me those like, vibes. What's the point of the movie? The twist kind of... Like, I agree with you. The twist got me, too, but it's like... Okay, so then, like, what's the point? Well, because, like, I thought he was legit about to die. Yeah, and, then, and he like, doesn't. The, it was just, then, it's, it's really like, just a it game. Like, it was like a twist, and then it was like another twist, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> the game. <laughs> the game. But, but it could be it's, like... It's that. on Netflix right now if you want to watch it. Yes, it is. Uh, but, yeah, so... Guy Pierce playing this psychological thriller, I, I'm into it. I want to see a trailer. Yeah, that's and what I want to pro- see. Is this going to be something that's going to be put out the theater? Or is it going to be Paramount Plus exclusive? I also want to know that. True. Uh, so Michael Shannon, he can play villains really well. So to have him portray U.S. Senator Joseph McCarthy, the menial politician so evil he spawned his own ism in the aptly named film McCarthy, the two-time Oscar nominee known for his offbeat performances in Nocturnal Animals and Revolutionary Road, will try to find the dark heart of the demagogue who used show trials and red baiting to rise to power on a wave of anti-communist hysteria. He will be aided in that effort by director Vet Vaclave Marhul mm-hmm. and the cast that includes Amelia Clark, Dane DeHaan, and Scoot McNary. What a cast. McCarthy, yeah, right. McCarthy charts the rise and fall of the notorious and powerful senator and his enablers, a group that includes his politically ambitious wife, Jean Kerr, played by Clark, his ruthless young lawyer, Roy Cohn, played by DeHaan, and his trusted friend and colleague, Ray Kiermas, played by McNary. 
Long mm. may they live in infamy. That's what nice. uh, how that story ended. <laughs> this sounds cool, man. Like I'm always interested in some like perfect real casting. life crazy shit. Michael Shannon, perfect casting, like you said. I'm interested to see what the McCarthyism is gonna be. I'm interested to see how the the supporting cast picks up Michael Shannon. Will Michael Shannon outact his supporting class? Because is Amelia Clark yes. as good of an actress? That's what we're gonna we're gonna find out. Is Dane DeHaan was it was it uh just for show in in Chronicle and was uh, Amazing Spider Man two a fluke? We're gonna find out. Like it's gonna be very. Will Michael know- Shannon be nominated for an Oscar? Maybe. Probably. And I know Scoot McNeary's good enough to, you know, be a supporting. So it's going to be on Dane DeHaan and Amelia Clark to see if this is just going to be Michael Shannon nominated for a best picture or I mean, for a best actor. Or is this going to be a best picture? Because if it's going to be a best picture, it comes down to their performances in the story. Sure. But yeah, I think this is the role that Michael Shannon was born to be the lead for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, play a person who is the lead, but also a person you're supposed to hate. Michael Shannon kills those roles. That's a fact. I, I was super pumped to see that he was the person casting the movie. Uh, yeah. So Jensen Ackles, he is set to join an ensemble cast of Rust, fe- uh, the feature Western stars. Oh, hold on. Jensen Ackles is set to join the ensemble cast of Rust, the feature Western that stars Alec Baldwin and is written and directed by Joel Souza. Travis Fimmel, Brady Moon, and Francis Fisher are also on board. The film is based on a story by Sousa and Baldwin. It follows a famous Western outlaw, Hartland Rust, played by Baldwin, <laughs> uh, who has a, a bounty on his head for a, as long as he can remember. When his estranged 13-year-old grandson, Lucas, is convicted of an accidental murder and sentenced to hang, Rust travels to Kansas to break him out of prison. Together, the two fugitives must outrun legendary U.S. Marshal Wood Helm, played by Ackles, and bounty hunter Fenton Preacher Lang, who are hot on their trail. Deeply buried secrets rise from the ashes, and an unexpected familial bond begins to form as the mismatched duo tries to survive the merciless American frontier. I just don't know if Alec Baldwin can carry this, man. Like, no. I just don't. Like, is this going to be a TV show? It'd be better if it was. The movie. It's a movie with Jensen Ackles and Alec Baldwin as the leads. Like, I just don't know how good this is going to be. No. Yeah, no. I'm with I, you. I mean, like, when <laughs> Alec Baldwin was named the lead, the lead, I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Joel Souza's a director who's really trying to make his way up. Mm-hmm. In, uh, but these the are ranks. the guys to do it with. No, but, you know, he did, his most recent film he did was called Crown Vic. It has a really interesting, it's not a little interesting synopsis to it, but he did it with like Thomas Jane and Bridget Moynihan, like people mm-hmm. that you wouldn't really haven't heard their names in Hollywood for a while. So, you know, he has done good with less before. Can he do it again? Help them make a Western that actually feels like it's worth something and not we'll a comedy. See. We'll see. Yeah, we're going to see because, like, I just don't buy Alec Baldwin. He's a caricature of himself. He's not the departed Alec Baldwin anymore. So we're going to yeah. see. 
But next up, Tony Collette has been cast in Mafia Mama, an action comedy about a suburban mom who unexpectedly inherits her grandfather's mafia empire. The log line reads, Kristen is facing a slew of challenges. Her only son is desperate to leave for college. Her boss is a sexist pig, and she just caught her unsuccessful musician husband cheating with a groupie. That's when she releases a, receives a life-changing call from Bianca, her estranged grandfather's trusted concierge. Consigli oh my goodness. Consigliere. Yeah, Consigliere. Don't know why I couldn't read that. Like, I don't know about Tom from The Godfather. Consigliere. Um, telling her he is dead and she must attend the funeral in Italy. Egged on by Jenny, her outspoken best friend and lawyer. Kristen is persuaded this is exactly what she needs. A free trip to Europe full of pasta, wine, and beautiful men. The trip gets off to a perfect start, but when her grandfather's funeral explodes into a bloody gunfight, she finally learns the truth. Kristen is just, isn't just there to meet her family. She is there to be the new boss, the fiercest mafia family in Calabria. Catherine Hardwick will direct. This sounds good if they do it right. Yeah, you know, Catherine Hardwick as the director was what kind of like threw me off because the only thing I've ever known her to do is Twilight. Mm. And she's doing a comedy action. I just, that's a good point. It better be written well. And can Tony Collette do comedies? Yeah. Or is she going to be the straight woman? You saw her knives out. Yeah, fair enough. But she, yeah, Tony, Tony, Tony Collette can pull it off. Right. I, I, have no, I have no doubt that she can pull it off. My, my question is, is, is the director? You know, what the direction is going to be. Um, you know, she did do Lords of Dogtown, which, you know, isn't a terrible movie. <laughs> so, I mean, we'll see. I mean, she did it most recently. She's only done like a couple episodes of This Is Us and some TV series called Don't Look Deeper, which I've never heard of. <laughs> True. Uh, so I just I just don't know. But the concept seems super interesting. Yeah. And to have Tony Collette be a part of it gives you like this idea that it could be pretty good i know that there was some other casting in there i'm looking it up right now because they're let's see if there's uh other names what's it called mama mama, mafia mama. uh yeah ma mafia mama anybody else in there because she he's gonna he, he's gonna need she's gonna need a good cast with her yeah oh come on nobody internet let's see I'm if i get it before you Let's see, Mafia Mama. Let's see, because your internet's tripping. Let's. Oh, got it. All right. Monica Belushi, Rob Coible. Mm. Okay. No one really yet. Yeah. Okay. All so, right. Well, what we will see. Yeah. We'll yes, see. we shall. But next up, we got Jamie Clayton will play Pinhead in Spyglass and Hulu's upcoming reboot and reimagining of the Hellraiser franchise. The announcement confirms reports that Pinhead, the demonic creature at the center of the mayhem in the original films, will be portrayed by a woman. Clive Barker, the writer and director of the 1987 film, has come aboard as a producer with David Bruckner directing the 1987 film synopsis is a woman discovers the newly resurrected partially formed body of her brother-in-law she starts killing for him to revitalize his body so he can escape the demonic beings that are pursuing him after he escaped the their sadistic underworld look jamie clayton kind of looks like pinhead like i'm just be real <laughs> so i ain't mad at yeah him. i mean like this is something where i don't really think that you had gender matters you know, having a beat yeah gender doesn't really matter in this role like obviously i guess it, it could be flipped uh, that the one it could be a man discovering a newly erected, partially formed body of their sister in law mm -hmm. could still be a woman. I don't really think that matters to the story at all. 
Nope. Uh, but the synopsis sounds pretty interesting. The only thing that I think does matter gender-wise, uh, from what I believe in that film, is that the sister was like luring men to have sex with her, mm. and that's how like they would kill them. But I mean, you could figure that out. Yeah, definitely so, could. All right, I- I'm excited to see this from Hulu, so we'll see. Yep. Final story we got is Cress Williams, Kellen Lutz, and Anne Hetcher are starring in what remains a murder mystery that is shooting in Texas. The film centers on a small town pastor. Williams forced to contend with an act of forgiveness when the convict Lutz he forgave for murdering his wife returns to town five years later at the same town. At the same time, the town sheriff Hesh is investigating another murder that may be related. The indie film is written and directed by Nathan Scoggins, who previously wrote and produced and directed the latest of these, which is also the a least. murder mystery. Oh, the least of these, which is also a murder mystery centered around a priest. Dude got priest issues. Sort of. Yeah. yeah so. um, sounds cool. I haven't seen Chris Williams do anything since Black Lightning, so good for yep. him. Yeah, and I haven't seen Kellen Lutz in anything in a while. No. So, no. you know, hopefully they can get but it done. Playing a convict seems right up his alley. Mm-hmm. But... That's pretty much all the news. It's time to get into the segment of the show that we call movie. No, we're not. Oh, no, no, oh. No, no, no. oh, I thought you were saving these next three for Sunday. Three. No, no, no. The ones on the bottom that are in green. Scroll farther. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, so Gina Carano is underway in her first project since The Mandalorian in an under-the-radar Western Terror on the Prairie that began filming this week from Ben Shapiro's media oh, company. The not Daily watching Live. this. <laughs> Michael Polish is directing the movie about a pioneering family that fights back against a gang of vicious outlaws and is terrorizing their newly built farm on the plains of Montana. Carano will lead the cast and produce. The How much Ben Shapiro had his own media company. And and I looked it up. They're making more than the Justice movie. This is actually, I believe, the second or third movie that is going to be released under their hey, banner. How much you want to bet the gang that is chasing Gina Carano is either all Indians or a gang of Mexican caballeros. Ben Shapiro's definitely injecting his Ben Shapiro-ness in these movies. Yeah, that's that's the interesting thing. I'm just wondering, like, who's going to pick these up? <laughs> Not like, Netflix. They gonna, yeah, I mean, are they going to make their own The Daily Wire streaming service, or is it going to be, like, on like a Fox News streaming service? Or are they gonna they might put it on Fox YouTube. News? I don't know. I guess. But, uh, you know, I was just surprised that to see it, this at all. But, I mean, this makes sense that Gina Carano would be the person who would be in the project. After he supported her. Yeah. So, so but, you, you know, whatever. Um, so, the next story we have, we have two more. On the Happy, Sad, and Confused podcast hosted by Josh Horowitz, Denis Villeneuve said that he's a huge Bond fan and would love to, to direct a movie in the franchise if he was ever asked. Hey, he should. He should start the reboot. Um, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, Daniel Belnude, why don't you just like take that initiative and be like, hey, I'll pick the next Bond and we'll just yep. do this thing. That'd be hard. I'd fuck with that. Uh, yeah, that would get me back into the franchise for sure. <laughs> that would get you for back. sure. Um, and then the last thing we have is that you, you, the series that comes out this week is renewed for season four already. Nice, as it should so be. So what, what that tells me is that nobody serious dies. Mm-hmm. Which kind of ruins it for me. But hey, but what, anyway. if it's, what if they follow the kid? You don't, you don't know. They might. Yeah. And he might be out of here. They might follow love. But that's pretty much all we got this week for news. It's time to get in the segment called Movie on the Rise, where we suggest 
a movie, a TV show, or multiple that is new this week or that has been out for a little bit that we think you should watch. Schubert, what you got this week? I got you. Search Friday, mm-hmm. streaming on Netflix. And uh, the new installment of Halloween, Halloween Kills. Excited for that. Excited for both of those. I'm going to definitely check out Halloween Kills. I got um, The Last Duel, the Adam Driver and Matt Damon movie that is dropping. Also Eddie. also got Party Ant on Netflix. Watched it all. Great adult animated that Chicago show. Party Ant? Great adult animated show. Chicago Party Ant. I love it. It's hilarious. Definitely think y'all should check that out. Also, Bad Sport where it talks about crime and sport coming together. It's a documentary on Netflix. It's great, too. Yeah, I did watch some of Chicago Party Ant, but I didn't watch it all. So I need to get back into that. I like it. I like it a lot more than, like, F is for Family and Border Town and that shit. Like, I, I think Chicago Party Ant is up there for me with Duncanville for, like, my new favorite adult animated show. Like, I'm, I'm getting into the Great North slowly, but Chicago Party Ant was just great. It gives yeah, you, absolutely. if you like Shameless, then Chicago Party Ant gives you some of those vibes, but a little bit more Bob's burgers than Shameless. Speaking of Bob's Burgers, this was their best episode of the season so far. Oh, the uh, the, the pumpkin thing with Linda and, and the yeah. sister? Yeah, that was, yeah. That was a good episode. I, you know I watch it every Monday, well, every Sunday at 12 o'clock, because that's when it drops on Hulu, the new one. No, I watch it every Monday morning. Mm, got you got you so yeah no Bob's Burger's been killing this season the first one was man where Louise went go do that thing I thought that was the weakest one the the Tina one was good but the Halloween one that's where they pick it they they always take three episodes to get into the Halloween ones are always they have they are up there with like the adult animated cartoons that have the best holiday holiday episodes episodes. yeah their Christmas one's always good they always do a good job Thanksgiving Thanksgiving. one is always good yep and Halloween as well so they, they kill those. But let's get into our cool. review. We're doing the conjuring first. We gotta do heels last. Yeah, we gotta do heels last. So let's talk about the conjuring. I love this movie. It's a great horror Absolutely movie. Absolutely loved it. I will say <laughs> my favorite Patrick Wilson horror movie. I like I told you before this, I like Insidious One a little more than Conjuring One, but I like Conjuring Two more than both of them and more than Insidious Two. I think See, Conjuring yeah, like, Two nailed it. After I watched this movie, I had to stop myself from watching Conjuring 2 because I wanted to watch it so bad, but I was like, Conjuring I can't mix so them up. Yeah. I can't mix them up. But like, you know, the little the little bit of the movie where like Annabelle comes back into effect. Ooh. And like, you know, it's affecting the daughter or whatever. It's like, ooh, this is there's something here with this. Yep. And, like, and that's where I know it, that they have all those different movies. And that's the Annabelle movie. So like I was pretty pumped by that. I like their their little like room. I just love the idea that like because I was a huge fan of the ghosted hunters and ghost adventures and stuff like that when I was a kid. So just like to have a fictional movie about the true stories of like real life ghost mm-hmm. hunter ghost people and like you know seeing them do like all the paranormal, you know, with the cameras and all the stuff like trying to figure out figure out the mystery and then like the the spirits that were there were like super evil and like doing their thing. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is wild. I you know, forgot I this that. is the Annabelle first movie. Like I forgot yeah. that this, this is where the Annabelle shit comes from. Cause Conjuring two is a completely different case where they go somewhere else. London, yeah. yeah. That like this one's in America. I totally forgot about that. And boy, when you see that first daughter die, it's like, eesh. 
yeah it's it's chilling and i knew like in the beginning when like they first got to the house and like the dog's barking i was like this dog knows something's up and Mm -hmm. these spirits about to kill this dog she didn't even she didn't want to get in she didn't want to go inside that basement man she did not yeah, like when Patrick, or not Patrick Wilson, but when the dad of that family like opened up and went in that basement, I was like, don't go in the fucking basement. <laughs> yeah. Dude. What is, there's a reason that was boarded up for, I'm like, oh my gosh. And so, and like, uh, Pierre Flamingo playing that like, clairvoyant, like seeing things and stuff like that. I was like, oh, this movie's so badass. Like, I I just thought that, like, because I, you know, I've never really gotten into these horror films before, but like, this is just like a, a film in general of just like, being outside of the horror, being in the horror genre, I was like, "Wow, this is badass!" Like, and so, what this did story that, what, is so cool. What did police officer Brad think he was gonna do? <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. And then like the the kid is like that they work with or whatever. He's like, "Yeah, so you believe now or whatever?" <laughs> he was like, "I believe, I believe." <laughs> oh shit! shit. But the, but the shit where um they where they found the research that the house belonged to the accused witch Bathsheba Sherman, Ooh, who sacrificed her weak old baby to the devil. That shit was crazy too. Yeah, it was it was madness. And like, when she started black vomiting that black bile, anytime a horror movie where they start vomiting shit, always ooh, gives me the heebie-jeebies. After seeing like recently the the original Exorcist, I have like the appreciation of like watching exorcisms in these movies now <laughs> because like it does like follow suit and like you know I appreciate how all exorcisms in these movies seem to go the same way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of course, the ritual seems different every time. But I mean, I just don't understand how Patrick Wilson gets like the ability to give exorcisms. Like, I just don't. I don't really understand that. He's not a priest, and we're like, he, but, he has, but like, that's special, the thing. They they, they conclude like, it was sufficient evidence to receive authorization from the Catholic Church. Like they proved it, they got it on camera. Bathsheba attacked Nancy. Yeah. So like they had. Oh to, yeah, well, like when Bathsheba like puked into her mouth or whatever, I was like, oh, bad it, news is coming. And you could tell, you could tell like when she had like taken over her body, like like shit was going different. I was like, you guys can't tell that this lady is just like completely different now. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. But it sucks that Father Gordon was like, y'all can't get the exorcism because they're not members of the church hey the warrens I, had to I, do it themselves i mean when i heard that they weren't like church going people i was like well that's gonna be a problem getting that exorcism <laughs> that was the first thing i thought of <laughs> shit was crazy oh, yeah. but if you if you love horror movies this that was is a definitely good cast though out. yeah it was you get like, vera Flaminga, patrick wilson ron livingston joey king early joey king yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else is in here. Kat, Kayla Deaver, your girl. Early Kayla no, Deaver. No, nah, it's different. Oh, okay. That's Kyla Deaver. We're thinking about Caitlin Deaver. Oh, that that is what I'm thinking of. Okay. Yeah, but solid cast though. Who directed this one? Mackenzie Foy is the other bigger name that I remember right now. Because this wasn't James Wan. This was oh no, this was James Wan. This was his first one. Okay. Solid. Yeah. All right, you ready to do heels? Man, was that a great finale. Boy, did I call it. Give me my... You, you, you called it. Theory King Lynn. First thing that happened. The wife left his ass. I knew it. I knew she was going to leave. She leaves. Then she has the nerve to say, I don't like who you're becoming. And then when he tells her everything that Ace did, and she was like, oh, I see why you got that from that. me. 
I didn't know any of that, but you're still wrong. No, you just don't want to admit that I was right and that you were wrong. You were sticking your nose in it and you don't like the Kleenex thing. So everything else I proved right, but you don't like the Kleenex thing and how I'm being tough on him. Nah, her fake Casey Musgraves ass was trash. I hate the wife. She's the worst character in heels. She sucks. Yeah, I feel like like even her friends didn't really like understand, understand. The situation. They were like, "Well, you can stay if you need." <laughs> yeah, it was it was whatever. I didn't really Trash. understand like her whole deal and like you know keeping the kid from the wrestling thing too because like he's so into it. Like, why would he not be able to go to the thing? Just because he beat up a bully, like, would you want him to get his ass beat, and not fight back? Yeah. That, yeah, it makes no sense. Well, I think what she was most upset about was the whole thing about like I feel like I want to like be oh, like Papa Spade or whatever. That's what it was. That's really what that was, was what it was. It wasn't really the bullying thing, more so than. But it's that. like wrestling, not doing that. Like, but you want him to go watch you sing. But the biggest night in your husband's life. But you want you you more concerned about that anthem when you could have did the anthem at the state fair. But we but you didn't want that. Don't like her fake Casey Musgraves ass. Her anthem wasn't even good. That's why they didn't let us hear it. Yeah. I also thought, you know, even before that, them escaping the Jacksonville place, like, was hilarious. And, like, Badass. beating people down. Fuck Gully. Ah, Gully got his ass whooped. He, he's finished. Gully is done. The fact that the DWL stumbled. See, I thought Jack was smarter than he was. He's not. I gave Jack too much credit because I just love Stephen Amell. But the fact that they let that girl win the championship, bro, they're about to be huge next season. Now they might well, they lose even, A's. They didn't even let that happen. It was that was all like luck. No, it was. It was. I mean, it, it fell in their hands. But I feel like Ace is gonna leave. Ace is leaving and gonna go probably maybe not with Gully, but he ain't gonna wrestle with them. Move up, you think? Maybe. Like maybe Jack lets him move up now. I don't know. I don't I mean, know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what pans out from this. But I mean, you know, going going through it, like you, I remember like when, early on when like they had that conversation with Gully. I, the whole episode, I'm waiting. I'm like, when, what's Gully gonna do? What the That's I was waiting to. And then like w- when they did what they did at the event, I was like, oh, this is this is pretty wild. And I thought like when they were doing the Jack chain, I, I was like, oh, is Jack about to turn face now? Is Jack about? To- I knew he wasn't because he was he was apologizing, doing doing what his dumbass wife wanted. And then it didn't even turn out right. Ace was Ace got bad, like Jack knew, but it also showed that Ace was being fake nice, which he still has a lot of growing up to do. He needed to look himself Facts. in the mirror. And I feel like that's why he was so upset because he was like, damn, I almost killed my brother for something that he didn't even do. Like he didn't throw these tissues. Yeah. These were gully. Well, I was just like, I was just like, Ace, like, do you never think about anything other than like yourself? Because, being a like, hero. You're at you're at the biggest event in your fucking life and like you're supposed you got to win a chance the belt to be the champion but you get so concerned about the crowd and that's why he's not a good wrestler even while bill showed some humility and let his ass just dump with shit and everyone's like ugh and he would go knock out gully i was like fuck yeah wild bill wild bill not going back to wwe he's going back to the dwl i see it jack going to be like fuck yeah for that yeah, he, you know, Wild Bill had a good redemption. I mean, even bringing in Crystal to be Bunny Bombshell and all mm-hmm. that, he's like, he's like, yeah. I, I feel mean, like I'm that was his, his a sorry to Willie. Yeah, 
He's like, I'm not bringing you in because like I think you're this character. I I bring you in because you deserve to be here. Mm-hmm. And it showed. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, she saved the day at the end. She did. She did. And Jack needed that bad boy. And now his wife gonna forgive him because not only did he tell the truth to Ace, she, uh, which I'm gonna call it the, the woman's the championship. She's gonna be like, oh, I knew you were a good guy. Fuck you, fake Casey Musgraves. Fuck you. Am I also like, are you? Are we sure? It's like. Would the crowd just go along with the Jack champ? Just, just because like Gully did it, and I'm sure people would have saw that was Gully. And I don't. If I'm Jack, I don't think I. Where was security? That was the worst secured state fair ever. That's in a stadium. Yeah. Like security would not have let I, Gully I in. Thought just was, I thought it was a hot ticket. Oh. <laughs> I, I thought that shit was sold out. <laughs> I Me mean, too. I think it tickets. And just with a hoodie, like you just like that's their disguise. Doesn't work. No. Doesn't work, especially not around a bunch of pro wrestling fans that know who y'all are. Yeah, but I, you know, I thought it was a really good episode overall. This is one of the best ones of the season. Yeah, I mean, I still think the leg, leg break episode was the best episode. Probably so, but this one just had me standing up cheering. Like, when Wild Bill yeah. hit Gully, I was like, <laughs> Heels! And then I love just seeing Bonnie, uh, Bunny Bombshell grab it. I was like, theory check, theory check. We were close to the J- uh, Jack and Ace tag team. I just felt like mentally they weren't there. But I think that's coming. I really still see that as coming. They're going to redeem themselves. Because the, even the mom was watching. She's going to say, I, and like, that's how they're going to fix the family. They're going to tag team together. You could tell that they did this show with the idea that, like, hey, if we get a season two, great, but we're going to give us an ending that would serve. Either way. For either way. So, like, I'm hoping that it does. Or did we already know? Oh, yeah, no, they're getting a season two. Did that already get announced? I think so. I I, I, want to say yes. Because, like, it it, it was very well received by by stars. Uh, Let's see. No, they're hoping for. Oh yeah, they're hoping for one. Wow. Oh, they should better. They so, should better get it. We'll see what happens. I don't know what their ratings were. Oh, but I, I know that we watched it and we talked about it. So. Yeah. So hopefully, you know. But I mean, if this if this becomes like you know one off eight episode mini series, this is gonna get re- it's gonna get really good plays when it gets you know down the line and years later where people are like, oh man, this was a show. This is awesome. Mhm. They said this. This is a big part of the second season. If we, the sad part is, this is a big part of the second season. If we get one, uh, we see this in our business all the time. Like, yeah, they definitely want to like do the brother thing. I'm telling you, that's coming. Yeah, and uh, you know, I thought they had a great supporting cast of characters, and even the you know, the smaller guys up to Jason or James Harrison. I, you know, I'd really like to see them come back. You know, I want to know what happens with uh, Bobby Pin. So. Mm-hmm. And then even Big Jim came for a for a night. Yeah, and won. Yeah, I thought he was gonna get hurt. Like if, if I was writing this shot, I made him get hurt just so his wife could have been like, "No." Well, my thing was is like, did you did you take out the dad? Yeah, like, they took out the dad. Because <laughs> I saw him in the locker room. He when, was sad when he Jim saw came. when Big Jim came in. His face was just like, "Fuck, I'm screwed now." Because I was ready to see the dad. Nah, the dad got pushed. He got relegated. <laughs> speaking in Ted Lasso terms now yeah pretty much that's pretty much it heels was great I'm giving this season solid eight 
Yeah, I give him a solid eight. Solid. Had some 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 low episodes. points, but a lot of good stuff in this season. Glad Stephen Amell did yeah. this. He's definitely yeah, a really better agreed. actor than Arrow. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought, you know, what was that actor that that Alexander Ludwig? Yeah. I thought this might have been the best thing he's ever done. Easily the best thing he's ever done. Easily. Because ba- it's not Bad Boys. Like, he's in Bad Boys. Yeah, I'm not Bad Boys. It's not Bad Boys forever. I mean, he's good in Vikings. He's all right. Uh, see, I've never seen Vikings. Yeah, I like him in Vikings. But I'm sure I, he is really good in Vikings. I, I think this was his best thing because Vikings is cliche. Yeah, and then he plays the, you know, the, the cliche villain in Hunger Games. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, so yeah, but that's probably oh, Final Girls. That's the other movie that I know him from, okay. which is low key a, a good. Uh, uh, I guess it's just a comedy because oh. it's got Adam Devine in it. But I love that movie. Okay, okay, we'll have to check that out. Well, that's my Tia Safarminga movie. Yeah, <laughs> how I feel about her. It's, it's got her in. It's got uh, Adam Devine, Alexander Ludwig, Nina Dobrev. Your type uh, of cast. Thomas Middleditch. Your type of cast. <laughs> I'm going to have to check that out, though, because I do like me some Thomas Middleditch. But yeah, Shubi, that's yeah I think it's on Hulu. For the week. Yeah, well, that wraps up this episode of uh, the Bros Who Binge podcast. Be sure that you listen to our most recent running back where we talk about 1996's Scream, especially if you liked this most recent trailer. You should go check out that movie. It's mm-hmm. not streaming anywhere right now, but... I'm sure you can find it playing at your local theater somewhere. I know that they're doing a lot of reshows. Yes, they are. Uh, for that. So look out for that and watch our review. Look out mm-hmm. for our next review next week. We got a poll up on Twitter right now. You can vote for what that next movie is going to be. Yep. Um, and Lyndon, let, let everyone else know what's going on with the network. Like I said, October 24th, be sure to check out the Pitch It Match streaming 7 p.m. Twitch.tv slash bros who think. Be sure to also check out bros who binge on Monday. On Monday, with uh, because we're dropping it on Monday, small review. If you haven't checked out the latest Bros Who Think podcast, check it out. And then Anime Talk will be dropping. By the time you guys hear this, it should be out. So y'all check that out as well. Oh, you can follow right. me at LimbyWT on Twitter and Letterboxd. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Super14 and Letterboxd at AdamBWT. I'm trying to think of movies that I saw recently. Well, the game. Mm-hmm. Watch the game. Uh, you know, watch the conjuring. Gosh, there's no, oh, I, I think I mentioned that I watched Ever Scissor Hands. Then I watched this movie on Netflix, like a rom com, because you know, I was like, I can get my girlfriend to watch this rom com. It was, you know, top 10 on the Netflix movies. And it had, uh, what's his name from The Office, Jim from The Office in it. Oh, nice. Something okay, Borrowed. Yeah, it was called Something Borrowed, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Mm hmm. Okay. So I might review that on Letterbox just because it's so bad. And let's like know about the zero star. I don't think it's gonna be zero stars only because like I like the actors, but the story and like some of the things it was it was a 2011 movie and like John Krasinski's character like to to avoid like talking to a girl that he slept with and doesn't want to talk to ever again tells her that he's gay, and like that's just problematic now. Like you just can't you just can't do that in a movie anymore. So I was just like, it's just, this movie just does not stand true to form. <laughs> it just, yeah, that sounds and like, crazy. And every every character in the movie, you're like, I just don't like this character. Like, there's you can't, there's no one to root for. It's a rom com that has nobody that you root for. Like, everyone is shitty. And it's just like, 
Uh, what am I supposed to do with this? That's but anyway, crazy. check us out next week or next Monday. Next Monday. For the Bros Who Binge. Uh, we'll have so- sort of a shortened episode, more heavy on the reviews. And, um, you know, let us know what you think on Twitter, on on, dis- on Discord, uh, anywhere that you find us. Give us some reviews, likes, subscribe. And we are glad to be doing this podcast. We'll be back next week. So I hope everyone has a great week out there. And as always, keep binging.